Good morning again. Josh, it's a, it's a very emotional morning for us. We're going to miss you all. Uh, it's a big congregation, but uh, we, we've been privileged to, uh, to have come to know many of you. And uh, the, the impact you've all had upon our lives, we're going to take with us to, uh, to the Netherlands. And, uh, and before I start, I, I would like Sue to share something that the Lord placed on her heart this morning. Thinking of time, just um, reminded when we first, sorry, good morning, <laughs> just thinking about the time that we have and trying to, uh, um, when we first arrived here, um, we came, we've been 22 years in Uganda, or 23 years in Uganda, and then we had five years in Hood Sprite. And when we came to the service, and we actually came to um, the evening service, and there was one of the elders had a vision of us limping in like a battleship. And uh, that really was like us. We were very uh, hurt and wounded and had a lot of pain, disappointment in, in many different ways. And um, he said, I, I saw you being revamped, restored, uh, re-everything, uh, what were the re's, um, refueled, and, uh, and, then, and then sent out as an aircraft carrier, and I, I felt like, oh yes, a team back to Uganda, because that's my, we've never had Europe on our heart as such, you know, even though we're Europeans, I'm English and Richard is Dutch, but um, just, I felt this morning that the re's were coming back this morning, and I just feel like that's what we're meant for. And going on from Andrew's message yesterday, that all of us are here to be refueled and to be revamped and to be restored and those areas of our lives that are broken so that we can go out. And, um, yeah, so I just... Um, and and we, we had that vision uh, given to us two more times from different congregations. And so, yeah, but I, I felt that it wasn't just for us that we are all like battleships, actually, and that we are to go out and we are to allow God to do what he needs to do in our lives. And we've had many people uh, impart healing into our lives while we've been here that they've not even realized. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to encourage those that it's, it's not for holy huddles, just like Andrew said yesterday, but it is so that we can go out and um, share the... The, the treasure that we have within us. Thank you. And the Lord, the Lord did not, the Lord did not call us to be cruise liners. He called us to be battleships. And a battleship is not meant to sit in a harbor, where it is vulnerable. A battleship is meant to be out on the move. So, for us, it's come into uh, into fulfillment. The Lord has called us back to the Netherlands, which is, uh, we're very excited about it. We're also very sad about leaving our beloved congregation behind, but actually you're part of the aircraft carrier. So I know, I know many of you have imparted in us, we take it with us, what you have invested in us. So thank you. Thank you for the four years that we've been allowed to be part of Sunningdale AM. What a privilege. 
we're going to take it with, you, with us, and we're going to sow out what you have placed in us. So thank you. This week has been a week of transition. So Mike shared, Uncle Will, who has transi- tra- transitioned from this life into glory. Sue and I are transitioning from Cape Town to the Netherlands. And um, one of the things that uh, Will Murray said to Andrew, he says, Andrew, I've sown my life for Jesus. And I believe I've been faithful till the end. But maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe two years, and I'll be forgotten. He says, because that is what it is like with men. But you know what? When we invest in people's lives, when we touch people's lives, that will never be forgotten. Because you are who you are because of other people investing in you. And, and one thing that Uncle Will has, has done for me is his incredible example of laying down everything to serve a younger man. Should have been the other way around. He should have said to Andrew, Andrew, you follow me. You serve me. But no, what it will do? He said, Andrew, I serve you as I serve Jesus. Well, and now Sue and I are being called to serve a man 18 years, our junior. What an example Will has been. That we can also lay down our lives and say to Peter in Holland, say, Peter, we'll serve you and your vision, what God has called you to do, and we will help you become successful with all that we have. Transition. So often when somebody dies, we say, rest in peace, rip, rest in peace. We say it so easily. Often we don't even ask if the person who died knew Jesus or not. Rest in peace. Well, we know if a person doesn't know the Lord, there will be no resting and there will be no peace. Even though we could have been the ones that could have shared a gospel of peace with that person. We could have been the ones who changed the eternal destiny of their lives. You could have been that one. But you were silent. You did not share. You held back. You thought you might embarrass them. You might offend them with the truth. My... I've been preparing for this Sunday and and, and a passage from the Bible has been on on my heart. I'll I'll read it from a piece of paper because it's larger letters. Um, It's Hebrews chapter 3, 7 to 19. I'm just going to read it and just listen. Just listen. As the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, when your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. This is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you 
has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We've come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As it has just been said, today, 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 if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who hurt and rebelled? Were not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was God angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God share that they would never enter his rest? if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. It's interesting that one word stands out, and that is today. When do we enter God's rest? When is the promise of rest for us? When? Is it when we die? Is that what we live for? Or is it today if you hear his voice? You see, the Lord would not say today if we could not have it today. Lucas has been talking about maturity. And he's going to continue to talk about maturity. But maturity is to walk and to live in the rest that we can have today. Now rest doesn't mean recreation, sitting back playing golf or flying kites. Or surfing. That's not what it means. It's not what it means. Rest doesn't mean a holiday. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And I pray that today you hear his voice. Not my voice, but his voice. And that you don't just hear with your ears, but that you receive with your heart what the Lord has for you today. It's also beautiful in this passage that it talks about the confidence that we can have till the very end. When I look at Uncle Will's life, I see a man who had confidence till the very end. A man who labored tirelessly for the Lord. But out of rest. Not out of striving. Not out of trying to gain God's approval through how many churches he had planted, how many lives he had touched, how many servants, how many uh, sermons he had preached, how many equips he had spoken at, how many countries he had visited. Today, are you hearing? Are you hearing the Lord speaking? Because it says today if you hear his voice. Now, the person who writes the letter to the Hebrews, we don't know who wrote it. It may have been Paul, it may have been Apollos, it may have been an unknown person. But he writes to the Hebrews, the Hebrew believers in Christ. You see, and they had a problem. And their problem was that, yes, they had accepted Jesus as the Messiah, but they had not embraced the rest that comes through salvation. They tried to still strive in obeying all the Old Testament laws. And they had a conflict. 
Because the Gentiles around them didn't have to do all these commandments. They could eat pork. And they could do other fun stuff. And they couldn't because of the law. They were still under the law. And the law does not give rest. The law creates a restlessness. I'll come back to that in a moment. Well, we know that after a battle with cancer, our dear friend and fellow warrior has been laid to rest. Will has passed on into glory. What an example. What a life to emulate. What a man to follow as he followed Christ. He never never said, follow me, full stop. It was follow me as I follow Christ. You know, in that statement is accountability. Because when I say, or when Lucas says, or when Mike says, or any of you says to somebody else, follow me as I follow Christ, we give people the right to say, but Ed, you're not following Christ the way I see in the Bible. You see, there's accountability in that. And accountability is also maturity. And we've seen that in Uncle Will. Again, a man who was accountable. I've been in many meetings with Will. And I've not once, once, once heard him correct Andrew. He would come up and he would affirm what Andrew said. Why? Because he had made himself, he was serving a man in whom he saw Christ. Ah. Oh, Let's not forget Uncle Will, but let's, let's be like him. That we also can challenge others to follow Christ. When Will was told that he had another six to eight months to live, and, and he was advised by the medical professionals, man, take, take this time off. Invest it in your children and your grandchildren. Just stop running. Just Enjoy this time. And he says, I will enjoy it. But I will run even harder for my Lord. I want to make these last days, these last years count. And somebody asked me last week, Richard, what would you do if you knew you had only six to eight months left? I said, well, to be honest, I don't know if I even have tomorrow. So I'm going to run hard today. I'm going to run hard tomorrow for Jesus I'm not going to think of what might happen in six months, eight months, ten years' time. I want today to count. Because today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. You see, it's, 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 it's not a good suggestion. It's a warning. Are you hearing? Because if you are hearing, you are accountable. And it is interesting that Jesus, through his word reminds the Hebrew believers of what their forefathers had failed to do. You see, they not only heard the voice of the Lord, they saw the miracles. They saw the cloud descending upon the tabernacle. They saw the cloud move, just as Sue and I have seen the cloud move. We can't stay. We can't stay here because we've seen the cloud move. And the cloud for us is, is the prompting of the Holy Spirit in us. He's, he's, he's lifted up and he's going to move to the Netherlands for us. And we are going to follow. 
What about your clout? You can't capture it and put it in a box and in the fridge and take it out when you need it. When you see the cloud move, are you willing to pack up and go? Are you willing? And, and even though it says in the Bible, go, go and make disciples of all nations. The going doesn't necessarily mean to go to the Netherlands. It may be your neighbor. It may be your colleague. It may be that man in that coffee shop. It may be that blonde lady there in a coffee shop. We met, well, how long ago was it, Susan? Two years ago? Two years ago. I saw her in a coffee shop. I was praying with, with, with Mark Baker. Where's Mark? Here. We were, we were talking. We were praying together. And I saw something happen in that lady who was sitting at the other side. I saw the cloud move. And it settled on her. And I went to her. I said, are you okay? And she asked. I said, are you guys Christians? I says, yes, we are. And then again, I says, are you okay? Because she started weeping. I said, no, I'm not okay. I've just heard I've got cancer. I'm not doing well. We moved from Johannesburg to Cape Town. We lost everything. And we need a church. Here she is with her husband. Thriving member of the family. When you see the cloud move, will you follow? Today, if you hear his voice, don't say next week I'm going to change things. Change them now. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because that is the human response to the word of God. That is the human response. You see, the Israelites, they saw the miracles. They heard God's voice. And still, they hardened his heart. Their hearts. And, and, and the writer of Hebrews is warning the believers who have given their lives to Jesus. He is warning them. But what about you? Are you, you've heard the message. You've heard the gospel, just like they heard the gospel. You've heard the gospel. How are you responding to it? And so easily, so easily, we take the gospel and we keep it here. I'm saved. I'm in. When I die, I'll rest in peace. But then you've lost the plot. Because the only reason why you are here on earth is to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord to reach the lost. There's no other reason. You may even think we are here to worship Jesus, but the ultimate act of worship is when you go and share what Christ has done for you with unbelievers and point them to the rest that they can have now, today, in Jesus. Resting for the, from their striving, resting from their sin, resting from being harassed by the demonic oppression and the darkness of this world. We have the message of hope to a world that is dying in sin and filth. And yet we keep it for ourselves. And what do we do? We hear His voice, but harden our hearts to the cries of the lost. What about you? Do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice? Do you hear him calling the lost, wanting to use your mouth, wanting to use your heart, wanting to use your eyes? He wants to talk through you. 
Yes, we can be here in front and we can, we can wait for, for a word to come. And you, you think, oh, is this hope? It's a word for me, a word of encouragement. But you've been so blessed. You're so wealthy in what you have received in Christ as part of this amazing family. But out there, out there is a world that is perishing. That's on their way to eternal damnation and we have the message of hope it starts today it's interesting that part of the warning was see to it brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God he says this to believers see to it that none of you believers has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. If you want to make sure that your heart doesn't turn away from the living God, be involved in his mission. Do what he is doing. Jesus says, I don't speak unless I hear my Father. I don't do unless I see my Father do it. Are you seeing what Jesus wants to do in the world and how he wants to use you? Each one of you. Because each one of you is important. Every person has a task. You see, on a cruise liner, you've got people who are just lounging on the deck. And there's a crew that is serving. But on a battleship, there's not one person on that ship that hasn't got a specific task. Not one person. Whether they're in a war zone or on their way to a war zone. It's not one person that is there for the fun, for the ride. Everyone has a place. Each one of you here has a place. Each one of you here has a calling of the Lord. Each one of you has got the cloud of the Lord resting upon you. And when it moves, you should be moving with it or you will be left behind. And when I look at Uncle Will's life, yeah. But what's the antidote? What's the antidote to this possibility that we too develop an unbelieving, hardened heart that turns away from the Lord? Well, it says here in verse 13, but encourage one another daily. Who? One another. So each one of you has got an opportunity to encourage someone else. Don't come to receive, come to encourage, come to give, come to share, come to invest, come to encourage one another as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So we've got a responsibility towards one another. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction to the very end. Just like Will Murray. You see, how do we get this restlessness? And how do we enter into his rest? Well, as I said already, it is not when you die. That's not when you enter into his rest. Today. God wants you today to enter into his rest. So what do we do? Just sit on our chairs the rest of the time? Let others serve us? 
today. Today you can enter into his rest, but that doesn't mean doing nothing. You see, I was was thinking during the worship of, of, of another beautiful scripture about what God wants you to do. And that's in Ephesians 2 verse 10. About the works he has prepared for you in advance. Sometimes when... Sue goes uh, uh, away, and we've got, uh, for, for a meeting, we've got visitors coming for supper. She gives me a list beforehand. She says, peel the potatoes. And I put them up, and she gives me the list. I said, just make sure these things are done. I love it. I love it. The hard thing is, is when she goes away and says, folk are coming at 7 o'clock. I'm going to be there 10 to 7, make sure everything is ready. And I'm panicking. Why? Because I'm not doing it out of rest. I'm doing it out of stress. And I don't want to disappoint her. So I'm doing my best. And then she will say afterwards, Oh, Rich, I wish you had done it this way and this way. But you know, God has works prepared for you. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to figure it out yourself. He has works prepared for each one of you. He's got works prepared for you. He's got it written out. And he wants you to walk in it. You see, when it is prepared for you, you can do it in his rest. Out of a relationship of rest and not striving. That's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for us, for each one of us, whatever it is. In the big ways or in the small ways, it might just be peeling potatoes. Or it might be speaking at a global equip doesn't matter everyone is significant everyone has a place and if there's anything that uncle will modeled that's what it is but if we take a break and say you know actually i'm just going to sit back because i'm going to enjoy the rest that god gives me and let the people around me literally i'm going to speak dutch that means blunt and straight you can sit back and do nothing And let the people around you rot in their sins and go to hell. And guess whom the Lord will hold accountable? You and me. You and me. Today, if you hear his voice. You see, it's interesting. I wonder what I will be remembered for, for the quotes that I say. (laughs) It's interesting to hear the quotes that Uncle Will shared. Your own. You can go fast, but together you can go far. Do you know that the New Testament doesn't talk about praying for the salvation of the lost? Do you know that? It talks about praying for the success of the saved. It's an interesting thought. Yes, one point Paul says that he's praying for his, for his fellow Jews, that they will, but then he goes on and he says, but how can they hear unless somebody shares the gospel with them? When he's in prison, he doesn't ask the church, pray that I'll be released from prison. He says, pray that I'll be successful in sharing the gospel because the gospel is not chained. Pray. For your brothers and sisters pray for yourself pray for opportunities if you pray for your neighbor pray for opportunities to share the gospel pray lord give me wisdom show me your plan how to invite the lost 
to come into my home, to come into my sphere of influence so that I can share your love with them. Pray against your own complacency and repent of it. Turn away from it because it hardens your heart against the truth. The promise of his rest still stands. It says, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Sure. It's interesting because I'm going to share a little bit about from chapter 4. Uh, because it, it, it goes on about entering God's rest. And, and it is today. Each one of you here today can enter that rest. And out of a relationship with Jesus, out of obedience with Jesus, you enter that rest. And out of that comes fruit. There's no doubt about it. Out of it comes fruit. When we're plugged into the vine, when we abide in Christ, we will produce fruit. The vine does not have to strive. It just has to be pruned. So, it's interesting in uh, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as our forefathers did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. It's a very interesting thing. How do we receive rest? One of the quotes in my message is what my brother here is shared on the stage. God's love language is obedience. God's love language is obedience. How do we enter his, his rest? It's when we combine faith with obedience. When we combine our trust in Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, with obedience. Jesus says, if you love me. You see, there's an if. Okay? How do we know Warren loves Jesus? How do we know Declan loves Jesus? How do we know Nick loves Jesus? How do we know the people around you love Jesus? And Jesus says, if you love me, You obey my commands. It isn't if you love me, I've got some nice instructions for you that are optional. If you love me, you obey my commands. You see, the problem, the problem for the Israelites in the desert was they could not enter God's rest because they did not combine faith, relationship with God, with obedience. Actually, if you read it on, it says, Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. And for some of us, disobedience is like a dirty word. We think commandments. I'm freed from commandments. That's Old Testament, man. That's not for us today. But Jesus looks for a people that are obedient. What was the first word he says to his disciples? He said, two words, follow me. Follow me, it's simple, follow me. At the end of Matthew's gospel, he again gives two words, go and make. Go and make. 
teaching them to what? Obey everything I have commanded you. Not teaching them when they feel like it to follow some of my good suggestions. You see, Jesus wasn't a preacher that preached after the desires of people. He wasn't a motivational speaker. Actually, he was so demotivating in his speaking that at one stage almost everybody left him. You see, because Jesus is interested in quality, not numbers. Just imagine, how many are we here today? 300? 400? What did Jesus do with 12 men? Well, 11 in the end. What did he do with them? He changed the world. What can we do with you? Today, if you hear, are you hearing? Are you hearing his voice? Are you listening? Are you thinking, well, this is not for me. I wish my mom was here. She needs to hear it. I wish my husband was here. He needs to hear it. God is speaking to you today. If you hear his voice, how do you respond in your heart? Your heart in your heart? Or do you embrace it and say, Jesus, I need to enter that rest. See, because just going to skip a bit. Verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that none will fall away by following their example of disobedience of the Israelites in the desert. So how do we make an effort to enter that rest? Make a commitment to obey. It's that simple. Well, where should I start? Well, start by reading the Bible Especially, the, well, I would say start by reading the New Testament. And if you want to have it even more precise so that you can handle it, read the Sermon on the Mount and simply start doing what it says. It's amazing what it says. It talks about forgiveness. It talks about loving your wife. It talks about not worrying. It talks about being generous. It talks about how to pray. It's an amazing book amazing manual or how you can obey that's a great start just do it read it and ask yourself lord am i doing this and the holy spirit is quick to say yes or no and when he says no he says lord help me to do it i'm going to change i want to do this you do it out of his rest out of his rest that's the example of uncle will loving obedience to his Lord and Savior. I love to listen to that man because his voice was always so full of love for his Savior. But with it, there was a stirring of, come on, guys, come on. This is not just for me. This is for you today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. See, it's both an exhortation That means a strong encouragement, and it is a warning. Because we can miss out. Let's combine our faith with obedience. Can we find rest today? Today, not when we die. Today, we can walk in it today. That is God's desire. Believe and obey the good news. Love one another, and you will experience that promised rest. Uncle Will loved and served his Lord with all his strength. But in all he has done, 
And he has done it out of the rest the Lord provided for him. I never saw him standing up front. And also in our conversations with him and Pam, I never felt there was a, a, a restlessness, a striving. There, there was just such a calm in him. But also an urgency. Also a fire that was burning bright. Let's honor the Lord Jesus. Let's honor will by allowing that fire to burn bright in us with a love for the Lord and a love for His church and a love for the lost. I think that's how Uncle Will would like us to remember him. I want to finish with two things. And that is you're, you're saved, but you're either a slave or you're a son. A slave has got no rest. A son has rest because he has position in his father's house. Does that mean the son can disobey? No. Because in a father's house, a father is also, Lucas, you've got two sons. You want them to obey? <laughs> They're doing great. But it's our, it's a father's son for his children to obey. And when they do, they will have freedom in the house to be the son, to be the daughter. A slave will always have to strive to please his master. If you've been striving for God's acceptance, working hard to be accepted by him, to feel you are good enough for him, you have embraced the mentality of a slave. You'll never be a son. You can't earn God's approval, you see, because that was the danger for the Hebrews. When you read through the letter to the Hebrews, that was the danger that they were falling back into slavery because they could not embrace the freedom and the rest that Jesus had provided. But you have all received power. God has given you power to be his sons and daughters. Out of that assurance, let's serve him. Let's run hard for him. Let's make ourselves available for him, to him, to reach out to the lost, to gather in the lost. And do we want to see people only saved on Sunday? Or do we want to see them saved every day of the week? And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. That's what I want to see in Josh Jen. That's what I want to leave with. That we will hear testimony after testimony how each one of you has brought in. Not just on a Sunday. During the week. The cloud is hovering upon you. You're not alone. You're not alone. You've received power to become sons of God, children of God. He has made you to be His very own, not based on your works and your achievement, but based on Christ's work and His achievement. He has made it able, possible and made you able to be a son and a daughter through His obedience as a son.
we have become sons and daughters. His approval is granted by faith in the completed work of Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross in your place, paid for your sins and your breaking of his moral standard. Again, if you're striving, even in obedience, striving to gain his approval, I challenge you today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. Heart is deceitful. It's easily hardened. But out of your love for Jesus, make a commitment to obey him and to obey all, all he has commanded you. See, the lost will not hear the message that can change their eternal destiny unless you and I share it with them. Be intentional. Let's make this coming year a year of harvest. Where each one of you, each one of you is involved. And if you're struggling, join someone who is not struggling. The purpose of the evangelist is to raise up and equip others to evangelize. Don't hold back. Let's expect great things from Jesus and do great things for him out of his rest. It's my challenge. I believe that is God's challenge to all of you today. He's been speaking today. Have you heard his voice? Have you heard him speak to you? Has he convicted you of a false rest? A sitting back and doing nothing? Has he convicted you of a lethargy in your walk with him and your reaching out to the lost? If we want to honor Uncle Will's testimony, I challenge you. I challenge you now if you've heard God's voice, stand up. Stand up and say, I make a commitment today to honor the testimony of Will Murray. I make a commitment today to honor the call of Jesus and to walk in the Spirit and to be available to be His mouthpiece to the lost. We don't need to be all Declan's. Just be you, Jordan. Just be you, Ed. Just be you. Wherever you are, just be you. But heed the call of the Lord. And be obedient to the prompting of His Holy Spirit. I tell you, life becomes exciting. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're standing here before you. And we're standing on the shoulders of men like Will Murray. Men who have gone before us. We're standing on the shoulders like men, Andrew Sally, who charged us yesterday to heed the clarion call of the gospel and not to hold back. We're standing here before you. Father, forgive us for our lethargy. Forgive us for our 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 weakness and our lukewarmness in our walk with you. I pray that you stir up the zeal of the gospel in our hearts. 
with a fresh empowering of your grace. Stir up your flame in us and a love for the lost. Oh, Lord, may we be so burdened by the knowledge that our neighbors, our friends, our family members, our colleagues, our fellow students are going to rot in hell for eternity because we didn't care for them. Help us to love as you love. Help us to obey as you obeyed. Help us to follow your example for your glory and for the extension of your kingdom. Amen.